Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Join us for a journey. As we go back to the great civilizations of the past, who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 40, The Savior of Israel. Previously on The Fan of History, Damascus was getting the better of Israel. Assyria finally tried to resume control over their western vassals. In the north, the power of Urartu is ever increasing. Dan, I have I have news for you. What? What news is that? We have iTunes comments. Ooh, awesome. Dun, Please dun, give us dun. reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Because yes. they help us appear higher <laughs> in searches on iTunes. That is very true. This was by also a fan of history. Gave us a nice five stars. Thank you very much. This person said, I love this podcast. Thank you, thank you. And always look forward to a new episode. Brennan and Dan have lively and engaging conversations about ancient history, based on the facts, but also address different stories which surround them. For a time, they played a game guessing the culture of a person if the characters belong to based on their name. It was fun trying to guess along. It was also fun hearing the guys trying to pronounce the names, but those <laughs> names were crazy difficult, and hats off to them for attempting to. From Assyrian kings who love monkeys and furnitures. Oh my gosh, that guy did love him some monkeys. Well, he sure did. <laughs> to Chinese Lion King moments. And queens credited with enormous accomplishments when later ancients didn't know who else to attribute it to. You'll find out on The Fan of History. Well, thank you very much. Also a fan of history. That was very kind of you. And please, if you give us a review like that, we will read it. And give us your rating, what you think of us, and tell us how to improve. Because without feedback, it's hard. We're just guessing. And we have a special gift for uh, also a fan of history. 
We have a bonus round of our old game, Astrian or Babylonian. I will do my best. (laughs) You can play along with Brennan. (laughs) Do that at the end of the episode. But now we go to 799 BC. And we have Adad-Nirari III ruling the Neo-Assyrian Empire. He's the sixth king of the empire. Assyria is the strongest state in the Near East. And uh, Adonirari III is a warrior king. We only have his western campaigns documented, probably due to the chance of discovery. Because you will see very clearly in this episode the difference between when Adonirari III does something in the east and does something in the west and how much we know about it. But now we are going to the island of Eubea. Eubea, second biggest island in Greece and the center of Greek civilization in 799 BC. They have already colonized Almina in Syria. And there are two city-states on the island, Chalcis and the other place, which name is either Lafkandi or Old Eritrea at this point. The Eubeans are traveling all over the eastern Mediterranean at this point. They have peaceful contacts with the Phoenicians. And uh, they found the colony at around this time in the Bay of Naples in Italy. This is Pithecusae. Pithecusae? Yeah, pronunciation is hard. Pithecusae? It's on the island of Ischia in the Bay of Naples. And it's adventures like this that put the Eubeans into contact with the fledgling Etruscans, still called the Villanovans. And contact seems to be peaceful and prosperous. And there is much trade and Eubea grows richer. It is unclear when exactly we can talk about the Etruscans. In 700 BC, we can talk about the Etruscans, but not, this is like the borderline er, well, era okay. between Villanovans <laughs> and the pre-Etruscan period then. But Greeks are already in Italy, which is seems very early to me. We'll, we'll spend the whole episode talking about Greek colonization, and we'll do that around 730 BC, because that's when the peak of the explosion is happening of colonization in the Mediterranean. Gotcha. So in 799, also, Adad Nirari III attacks the Medes. That happened the year before as well. We talked about that two episodes ago. And uh, the, it's an eastern campaign. It's against the Medes. It's probably a big horse-stealing raid. And we don't know anything about it. And in 798 BC, Adad Nirari III attacks... Lucia. Lucia. Lucia, yeah. I looked <coughs> looked and looked. I could not find this place. Uh, there are no details about the campaign in the Chronicles. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure Lucia did not like it. Yeah, that's... Huh. There's no reference to it anywhere, huh? No, not that I could find. So if anyone knows what Lucia is, please let us know in the comments. In 797 BC, a guy called Nergal Eres becomes the governor of Tindanu in Assyria. That's one of the Assyrian provinces. This guy is already the governor of Rasappa, and that is one of the very central provinces of Assyria. Uh, 
And this is a bad sign that one nobleman could be powerful enough to rule in two provinces. And we already met this guy, Nergaleres, because he commissioned the inscription we read in the 809 to 805 BC episode. He now controls the entire Yesira and the Middle Euphrates. We have two inscriptions from Nergaleres, and they look like royal inscriptions of the king, Adanirari III, but it's just a promotion piece for this Nergal Eris. He is figuring in the inscriptions. He's <laughs> like, oh, Nergal Eris is so great because he serves the king and the king really is happy about him. So nobles are becoming more and more powerful in Assyria. That's not good. That's why Ashur Nasirpal made eunuchs rule the provinces. Right. So that nobles could not create rivaling power bases but now they have <coughs> this will come by back and bite Assyria so hard because Assyria's enemies are everywhere because of the way they have behaved against their neighbors <laughs> I was about to say they, they kind of deserve it yes if your policy is to once a year go out and beat somebody up people will eventually be upset yes and to to the north are the Urartians. Menua is their king. They have built their mountain fortresses to keep the Assyrians out. And they are growing in every other direction. Um, they don't consider the Assyrians an urgent problem. As the Assyrians probably cannot conquer Urartu. So Menua is turning his attention to the north mainly. And in about this time, the Urartians seized control of the Aras Valley near Mount Ararat and the river Aras. And this valley is very rich. And uh, we have a record of this campaign because Menua also writes his records in stone. And the Assyrians still don't acknowledge that this guy existed. But... Uh, <clears throat> We have a record of a successful campaign against the mighty land of Erikuaki on the northern slopes of Mount Ararat. But Manua wins, and the Middle Aras River becomes the northern border of Urartu. This area is rich with metals, and with the river, you could have a great metalworking district that could provide your metal needs for the entire kingdom. Right. So Menua builds the city of Menua City, Menuaburg, or Menua Kinili, in the Aras River Valley to control it. And he's not done. He is behaving like an Assyrian king now. And he campaigns further to the northwest. Oh boy. Where he comes across. I. These are these names are so strange. You can't find these places on maps. You don't really know what they, where they were. But he he chastises the kingdom of Diauki. Uh, it's supposed to be in the bend of the Upper Euphrates, Karasu around Esrurum. Yeah, these names. say, <laughs> I I'm just gonna go with what you said. There's no way. And <laughs> <laughs> this. Diyuaki, <clears throat> uh, the place he attacks, has a ruler called Utupurshi. And Utupurshi is forced to give away the cities of Shashilu, Sua, and Uru 
to Urartu and also to provide a tribute of gold and silver. That's rough. Uh, yeah, and in 798 BC, King Jehoahaz of Israel dies. King Jehoahaz, figuring in the Bible, is buried in Samaria and succeeded by his son, Joash. So Joash becomes the king of Israel in 798 BC. He inherits a war with Aram Damascus. Aram Damascus, strong, powerful. Israel, not that strong, not as powerful. So Israel prays for, to the Lord and to every other god they have that they need help. They will fall to Aram Damascus. <coughs> Who could possibly help Israel? Um, well, to the, yeah. I think they're <laughs> really hoping for some divine help at this point. Yes, they are. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about Judah for the first time. Um, we will try to avoid to discuss details about the Hebrew religion because it's so muddy at this time. And I know any discussion of that will provide reactions from listeners. Oh, yes. That does generate the comments. <laughs> it sure does. And people have uh, feelings about Israel still. So it's like talking about things that happened very recently when you talk about religion in Israel. But it seems to be very polytheistic at this time, though Yahweh himself exists as a, a very important god. In 797 BC, Assyria campaigns against Namri. This is the kingdom of the Kassites in the Sagros Mountains, in the western, in the foothills of the Sagros Mountains. And we don't know anything about this because it's not a western campaign. So it was probably not good for the Namrians. But next year, perhaps, I like to imagine that this is because Israel's prayer. Uh -huh. Adad Nirari III decides that the source of all the problems in the West for the Assyrians is the kingdom of Aram Damascus. So in 796 BC, it's finally time for Israel to receive its savior, and Israel will be saved. And the name of the savior of Israel is Adad Nirari III, <laughs> king of Assyria. Uh, <coughs> that's, the uh, yep. that's a heck of a that's a heck of a savior. <laughs> yes, and. Um, the Assyrians mostly exist in the Old Testament, and uh, for so, such a long time, we only knew of the Assyrians because of their presence in the Old Testament. But they're mainly villains. Uh, but this time, they are not. This time, they are working for the good of Israel. But Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I chance, because they probably don't care. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> it is very likely that Shamshi Ilu, the Tultanu, the field marshal of Assyria, is heavily involved in this campaign in 796. It is not clear that the actual year is 796, but it's close to it if it isn't this exact year. And this campaign is very important for the future of the whole Near East because Damascus is strong, it is powerful, and it could terrorize everybody else unless uh, the Assyrians put it down. It is unclear if Hassail is still around in 796 BC. The king of Damascus. He, Damascus could be ruled by some Ben Hadad III. And the Assyrians like to attack new kings. So that could be the reason that the campaign happens this year. Because they think that a new king is, uh, he is new at the job. He, Hassel is a great warrior. So the odds must be better now. And the Assyrians actually name the king they attack. So, and they don't say it's Hassel, and they don't say it's his son, Ben-Hadad III. They call the king Mari. Mari? Yeah, so that doesn't help us at all. <clears throat> hmm. And the Assyrians lay siege to Damascus. Damascus is a powerful city, but the Assyrians are really good at siegecraft at this point. So they capture Damascus. Amazing. Yes. And that's a big game changer. So Israel decides that the right thing to do now is to pay tribute to Syria. Sure. So when they capture Damascus, they get Israel as a bonus. And Israel is really happy. They're like, oh, you are great. <laughs> Adonirah III, you can be our overlord. We have plenty of cash to pay when the, when the Damascans are not crushing us. Right. <laughs> So this changes the balance of power in the West a lot. And it's definitely in favor of Israel. Back in China, we have King Chuan being king of the Western Zhou dynasty. This was the king that was forced to learn how to become a good ruler. He was, his father was uh, suffered from a revolution and the Gonghe Regency ruled China and taught King Chuan, the current king, to be a good king. Uh, yeah. And he's trying. He's really trying to be a good king. But the lords are reluctant to obey the royal commands. The western barbarians threaten Zhou China. And things are not looking good for the western Zhou dynasty. Uh-oh. 
And that was all I had. That's it. The first part of the 790s BC. Wow. If you remember, our last episode was much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we actually like some feedback on how long you want these episodes to be. That's true. Do you do you prefer the kind of quick hit 30 minute or do you prefer the longer hour long um, versions of these? Because, we, you know, we history is big. We have plenty of material. But we want to know what everybody... Does everybody just listen to these on their way to work? Or do you like to sit for a while and listen to these? So. There you go. Yeah. In our next episode, we will then meet the kingdom of Judah for the first time. We will do this until 701 BC and the destruction of Sennacherib that happens in that year. Uh, that's a lot of episodes still left. But to go on beyond 71 BC, we need some funding. So if you like this, please go to patreon.com slash history and think about contributing to us. Yes. Yeah. It could help us. <clears throat> also, please visit the YouTube. Like and subscribe. Share with your friends. And uh, as you know, if you give us a review on iTunes, as we did earlier in the show, we'll read these reviews. We love them. Thank you so much. We appreciate everything. Facebook.com slash fan of history. Twitter is at the fan of history on the web, the fan of And as Dan mentioned, patreon.com slash fan of history. If you like to, uh, get in touch with us quickly the best way is probably to give a comment on facebook or give us right. a comment on youtube yeah dan monitors the youtube quite uh, regularly so i would that would be the best yeah and I've, i monitor facebook even more oh well, there you go but now we have a bonus round of our old game Assyrian or Babylonian? Oh boy. Yes, Brennan is supposed. I'm going to read him a name <laughs> and he has to guess if it's Assyrian or Babylonian. Oh boy. He must try to get at least three right, then uh, he wins. Okay. Two right, then he loses. And uh, much shame will befall him. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the shame part that I'm worried about. I'm doing this in front of everyone who's a fan of. Who is also a fan of history. I just imagine people are just staring at their listening devices going, okay, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he a loser? I'm being, <laughs> yeah. judged. I'm being judged by all you listeners. I can feel it. <laughs> so important now. Okay. So we'll start with an easy one. Start with an easy one. So Assyrian or Babylonian? And name, they are all names of okay. places or people or stuff or gods, or, but they are names. Gotcha. Enlil Nasir. Well, I think the dead giveaway on this part is the Nasir. I'm going with Assyrian. Good one. This is yes. a king <laughs> of Assyria. He was the king of Assyria in 1479 to 1466 BC. That is long, long before our podcast. Wow, yeah. Ruled for 13 years. That's a long time. Son of, 
Pusur Ashur. Pusur Ashur. You have one point. One. Good work. Thanks. The second name. Syrian or Babylonian. Okay. The name is Sipar. 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 That name does not sound Assyrian to me. So I'm going to have to go with the Babylonian. Wow, you're doing well this yes. time. It's Babylonian. It's the sun cult center on the banks of the Euphrates. It's a city. A city. We have actually talked about this city in some earlier episodes. Cool. So good work. Well, now you just have to answer one correctly, but you will have to answer all five, even if you get them. <laughs> I can't cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the third one, Assyrian or Babylonian, it's Eshnuna. 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 Huh. Oh, this one's tough. There's not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling the pool either way. I'm going to go Assyrian. You're wrong. It's oh, Babylonia. No. It's another city. It's located in the Diola Valley and it's the gateway to the kingdom of Elam. So this is right on the Elamite-Babylonian border. But on the Babylonian side. Oh, boy. <coughs> okay. You're two points. And this is the fourth question. Assyrian or Babylonian? I'm waiting. I'm here. I'm gonna name my kid this. <laughs> it's Melan Kurkura. Melan Kurkura. Melan Kurkura. <laughs> I'm saying, ah. Okay, um, it's probably Melan Kurkura. <laughs> There's like 20 A's after it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with, I'm sticking to my guns and saying, oh, I don't know. See, Ishu, Ishnuna. Ends with an A. Ah, but Melan Kukura. They like those hard syllables up there in Assyria land. Hmm. I'm going to say Assyria. You're wrong. God. This is getting exciting. It's no. Bad. And it's even a contemporary of Enlil Nasir, uh, the Assyrian king. So this yeah. is the... Babylonian king. Oh, no. Era, around 1500 BC, is the king of the Sealand dynasty. Uh, Melankurkura, the first, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so here, for all the marbles, um, the all final the marbles. question. Last one. And I put the hardest one here. Dang it. So Assyrian or Babylonian? Kandalanu. Kandalanu. Kandalanu to you too, sir. Yeah. It sounds like I should be bowing when I say it. Kandalanu. It's a greeting. Well, since it sounds meditative, I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying Babylonian. And you win this round of Assyrian Babylonian. Because it's a Babylonian name. For an Assyrian king. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. It's... Or it maybe it isn't. It's the name of a mysterious ruler in the 7th century BC. That is somebody we're going to talk about, hopefully, if we get some funding on Patreon. Hmm. 
Uh, this is during the reign of the great Assyrian king Ashurbanipal. Okay. An amazing fellow in the 7th century BC. A mysterious figure known as Kandalan who rules Babylon. And it is normally assumed that this is Ashurbanipal himself. And that this is just his name in Babylonian. Wow, that's actually very interesting. If you've been on the San Francisco <clears throat> City Hall main square, yeah. you can see a larger-than-life statue of Kandalanu or Ashurbanipal. Because he is standing right slab dab on the main square in San Francisco. In San Francisco? Yes. He is shown wearing a short tunic and holding a lion cub in his proper right arm. The figure stands on a concrete base with a bronze plaque and rosettes. And this is because this king was so important and was associated with justice and ruling. It's next to the Asian Art Museum and faces the San Francisco Library. Really? Yes. That's um, very cool. Yeah, and he's, uh, it's actually one of the most common images of an Assyrian king, is the statue of Ashurbanipal from San Francisco, made by Fred Parhad in 1988. Uh, Ashurbanipal, or Kandalanu, will also be introduced in the 2017 feature film The Mummy. Oh, really? Yes, he is the main antagonist of this film. And in my power rating of Assyrian kings of the whole empire from 911 to 612 BC, Ashurbanipal ranks as number two or three. He's competing for that spot with Ashur Nasirpal. Wow. I've talked about, but the greatest of the Assyrian kings will come in 745 BC. That's amazing. So that was my tangent to fill out this episode. <laughs> that's funny. All right, people. Well, that's it for this week. So for this week, I am Brennan. And I'm Dan. And this has been The Fan of History. Ta-da! If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.